Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 270. That's 270. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and I'm on a rant. And you know what? I'm really sick of a lot of people out there doing stupid things. And, you know, and they don't think they're doing stupid things. They actually think and believe that they are doing something correct. And it's so wrong on so many different levels. It's like freedom of speech. This is a whole big thing. There's no such thing as freedom of speech in this world. The only thing that freedom of speech does is prevent you from being penalized by arguing or discussing or disagreeing with your government. Okay? You can't be intimidated by the government because of what you say. That's what freedom of speech is. It's not whether or not I can yell at Will and say that he's a loudmouth son of a bitch. I can't do that, okay? I'm not allowed to do that, okay? I don't have the right to pick on people's religions, and I don't have the right to pick on people's races. I don't have the right to pick on your um, sexual orientation or anything else. I don't have that right. I don't have freedom of speech, okay? And because that, there's no such thing as freedom of speech, Okay, it doesn't exist outside of your disagreement or calling the government on what they're doing. It's all about the government. It's not about individuals, corporations, organizations, or anything else. Freedom of speech does not exist. Okay, period. Don't throw it at me because you're going to look stupid. Now, the other one that gets me is innocent until proven guilty. Okay, innocent and proven guilty only counts in a court of law. Okay, it only counts about going to jail. We can't put you in jail until you're proven guilty. I understand that. But I do have the right to fire your ass from my company if you're representing me. This whole thing about Jerome Messam and the CFLPA coming out right now and saying that the CFLPA is saying that the league violated its agreement by not allowing him to continue his job. I'm sorry. I own a company. And if I'm paying you to represent me, I want you to represent me in the way in which I want to be represented. If you are charged with a crime, I don't care what it is. It could be a sexual crime like Jerome Messam. It could be as little as a DUI. It could be anything. It could be domestic violence. It could be attempted murder. It could be, hey, Ty Smith, you remember that one? Okay, come on. Why Do I not have the right to run my company the way that I want? I put out the money. I've got my ass on the line. It's my risk. And if you're not representing my company, if I tell you you can't wear a green tie and you wear a green tie, I'm going to fire your ass because that's my right. I have that right. It's my company. Okay, I might have to give you two weeks pay. I might have to give you eight weeks pay, but I have the right to terminate your employment. Nobody can force me to take you back. 
Okay, maybe in a union environment, the union can get your job back and the company has to put their tail between the legs, whatever else. But not when I own a company and I have individuals. Now, if I have those individuals sign a contract that says they can't represent my company poorly or on social media or charged with a crime or whatever else, I have that right to create that contract, that code of conduct in which the, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders actually have a code of conduct. Believe it or not, they do. Even though they've never enforced it prior to this act, they do. Whether it was Eric Tillman, Taj Smith, Dwight Anderson, or a plethora of other people, they've never, ever, ever implemented their code of conduct publicly that we know of. Okay? So you can actually Google Saskatchewan Rough Riders code of conduct, and it will take you directly to a website page on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders website that is called their code of conduct. And if you violate that, they have the right to terminate you because you had to sign that when you came on as a player. Okay. Jerome Messam signed that contract when he became a player with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He's since been charged with a sex crime and the riders have the right to terminate their, his employment. It has nothing to do with innocent or guilt. Nothing, nothing at all. He is innocent until proven guilty. We're not, say, we're not putting his ass in jail. He's not going to jail right now. We're not throwing him there, okay? He is, has his day in the court. That is what that's about. You're innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, of your peers, no less. So now that's what's going to happen. And he has that right for his day in court to prove his innocence, but that does not mean that I have to have him representing my organization in the meantime. Could the riders have suspended him without pay? Yes, many companies do that. Okay? They didn't choose to suspend him without pay. They choose, chose to release him outright. That means that we do not tolerate this kind of behavior in our organization. Okay? Now, this is new to the riders. And I understand that. And I also know that it may have been pushed by the league a little bit. They, they, their hand may have been forced. But you know what? So what? At least they did it. And, and good for the league for sticking up for it. This is why we believe in this. This is a, a huge project about ending violence against women. This wasn't violence, but this is just... I don't even want to go into what he did. I, it's not part of the, the rant right now. The whole thing about innocent... And Till proven guilty is fucking bullshit when it comes to representing a company. And I don't accept that argument because it's, it's invalid. And if you're going to throw that at me, I'm going to throw it right back in your face because it's stupid. I'm not putting up with that bullshit. Okay. It's not going to happen. Now I'm going to open up the mics to the other guys. We started this program a little differently. Usually we started by uh, previewing the games that are coming up. But Charles has got this as a segment right after that. So we're going to start with a segment right now. We're going to talk about Jerome Messam and whether or not he should have a job with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and or whether or not the league should allow him to play for another team now that the Riders have said, you know what, this, this, this is too bad of a crime to represent our company. But Hamilton, oh, they, they could, no problems. Hamilton can go take this guy on or whoever else. Well, I mean, 
you know, you got to understand Helmonson does have Eric Tillman. Um, so, you know, I, that's kind of, I'm picking on the Ticats, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm picking on people who are really stupid and come up with lame arguments because they don't understand the letter of the law and they don't understand the meaning of words. And they're very important. Okay. Bill Clinton kept his ass out of jail because he said that depends on the definition of the. And it's true. Every word has to be defined if you wish to do it, if you wish to use them. Just because you believe you understand what the definition of a word is doesn't mean you do. Okay. Now I'm going to open up all three mics right now just because. And um, we got Charles Cliff, Will McDonald, and Mark Weddle with us right now. We do not have Chris. I don't know where he is. He didn't answer his phone. No, I didn't phone him. He didn't give me his phone number. But anyhow, guys, welcome to the show. Please tell me what your thoughts are on this. Charles, you go ahead. You you didn't even get into this discussion before the show started. No, I came in a little bit late. But one of the most um, misinterpreted uh, phrases in the English language, to my thing, is the whole thing saying freedom of speech. Yeah. Freedom of no speech shit. does not mean you're going to you can say anything you out say anything you want without consequences. That's not what it means. It means you can say something and the government isn't going to put you in jail for it, and they're not going to execute you for for it. It means uh, does not mean no consequences. If um, if um, you're working for a company. And you call your uh, your boss an effing asshole or something like that, and so on like that. You're not going to get thrown in jail, but all likelihood is you're going to lose your job. And the people far too often say, "Oh, they try to hide behind freedom of speech for all different various types of things, including using hate speech and racial slurs and stuff like that." That's not how it works. And the, you're also right about the um, uh, the uh, innocent until proven guilty statute. Now that's the, in a court of law. That's throwing people in jail. But if uh, you are charged with a crime, depending on what the crime is and so on, the company you work for has every right to terminate your ass because. When you work for a company, you are representing that company. When you're with customers, when you're with clients, when you're at different sort of functions. And what do you want? You want a guy, uh, this is our friend, this is our uh, employee, George. He works and represents our company. He's been accused of beating up his wife. Say that in your head a few times and wonder if a company should not have the... uh, Shouldn't have the right to fire um, uh, an employee that um, represents you. And all these people saying, oh, well, they didn't have it. And this nonsense with the Players Association saying that they're violating the player contract. Oh, yeah? Well, the player's violating the code of conduct. So I guess they're even. So don't give me this crap that that they're violating anything, all right? Your stupid, uh, your stupid member was the one that got himself charged, 
And if that team, in this case the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, does not want him represent, do they do not want him representing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, they have every bit of a right to get rid of him. All right, they don't even have to suspend him; they can get rid of him. That is their right. They did so, it, and that's what they did. They were within the right. And by the way, CFL Players Association, you are not an actual union. So you don't have the same powers as a union to get a person's job back. You're there basically to negotiate the terms of the CBA. You're not a union, so don't try acting like one. So there's no, I have no problem with what the Rough Riders did, and to me they were well within their right. Awesome, awesome. Do you have a code of conduct at work, Charles? I think every company does. Yeah, whether you think they do or not is another story. Okay, let's not yeah. make assumptions. Did as you far have as I to know, sign? We do yes. Yes. Did you I have to do sign one? Having to sign off on yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. You, you should actually look at it just so that you yes. know what you're not allowed to do, because mm-hmm. then maybe you can go off and do some things because you, you no. just assumed you weren't allowed to do them. Okay. Sorry. Good point. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well. Yes. I You can take a pass on this. If you choose to, you can take a pass. No, no, no. That that word thy is an interesting word. Didn't the saying go uh the glove didn't fit so you can't acquit? Okay? I think it was something like that, wasn't it? You must acquit. You must acquit. Right, okay. Um You know what? I have a we have a we have an employee contract at work. And it covers a whole genre of things. I know it backwards, sideways, and inside out. And I, I see people violate it every day. But I think it's really there for the real serious stuff. And uh, that's the main reason. And one of the things that I find in a workplace is as people get familiar with each other people say things to each other that in today's world wouldn't be considered politically correct or above board but those things happen at work because you are familiar with the people you work with and the only time at my workplace anyways where we tone it down is when somebody new comes in and and you have to be very careful of the things you say when somebody new comes in. But in reality, you know, I, 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 I'm assuming that every team has a code of conduct and conduct in the CFL. I guess we could Google it and find out if it's all there to read. Um, I'm sure the CFL has a code of conduct. I would assume I'd have to Google that as well. So if he violated any of that stuff, then I guess everybody is well within their rights not to not to give him a job um, because he violated something that that was in writing that he agreed upon. And I, I don't know. I just I hate to see any human being lose their lose their way of making a living. But 
life is all about choices. And as Charles said, freedom of speech is freedom of speech. Sort of. You can say things. You can say anything you want. That's a choice. But there are whatever you're going to get as far as the consequences go, that's also your choice as well. So it's really, you know, if, if we had true freedom of speech, my mouth would go nonstop 24 hours a day. And the things that would come out of it would be scary to people. But I don't do that because I know I there think are consequences. You'd be dead by now. I, Somebody I know there are terminate. consequences. Okay, I, I, I always think for at least twenty seconds before my my mouth goes off because I've learned in the past how that can get you in trouble. And I, I guess that's part of being a mature adult. You pick you pick your spot. Okay, so for me, true freedom of speech would be if I could just let it all go all the time. With no consequences. do that. With no consequences, but I can't do that. I I try, and and I get consequences all the time. Look at just on the Facebook. I mean, the admins have to come to my rescue all the time. I try all the time. I have a rule at work, and it's Willie's unwritten, unwritten rule. If he gets an email that pisses him off, he waits for 24 hours because he cannot answer something when he, as soon as he gets it, if it makes him angry. I just can't do it because the consequences would be <laughs> catastrophic. Yeah. Okay. Go Mark. ahead, Mark. Yeah. Uh, there's a code of conduct at your job. Do you have a code of conduct of at your job? Okay, and, and what does it say? Um, amongst a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Be, in, in quick terms, be very careful what you put on social media. Yeah. If you violate any, the last one is if you violate any of the code of conduct, you are put on unpaid leave. So you're suspended. Immediately, okay. while they do a decision make making, which could mean termination. If you're put on decision making leave, leave, you're nine out of ten ways. You're nine ways out the door. You might as well go look for a job. Yeah, if you're on decision making leave, just be smart and quit so you can get unemployment, and then go find another job. And, Mark, how long have you been there? 30 years. Okay, so obviously you keep your mouth shut. (laughs) When you're supposed to. When you're you're supposed to. You pick your spots. You pick your spots. Will, I have worked with the same five guys for 30 years. Uh Uh-huh. I'll just leave it at that. You guys are very familiar, right? Very and if someone from the outside came into that five guys, they would probably totally blow it away, correct? Um, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing everybody keeps bringing up Tillman, and the, the thing that the CFL and Ambrosi can say on that is that the 
policy was not brought in when Tillman had the, his problems in Saskatchewan. So, the, the, no, 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 no. The policy was in place. It just wasn't <coughs> executed. It wasn't enforced. But not by Ambrosi the way it is. No, absolutely not. Ambrose, and I'm not, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not picking on anybody for what's going on right now. Everything in the past, we've drawn a line in the sand. Moving forward, you screw up, you're done. Yeah. Okay? We yeah. can't go back and make this retroactive. And I, no. I understand and, that and agree with it. And for the Players Association, they're doing what they're supposed to do. We've always, oh, yeah. the CFL has always had a very weak Players Association. For decades, it's been weak. Look at the contracts that they just keep signing. They get nothing. The owners get everything. Yeah, the, how much has the minimum salary gone up? Blah, blah, blah. Well, that's on the Players Association. This Players Association, going into the new CBA, is showing that it's not going to be a cakewalk. It's all posturing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I agree with Messam being released by Saskatchewan. I'm very proud of Saskatchewan for doing this because they've had issues in the past where they didn't release guys that broke rules. Yeah, They've released them, good on them. What Ambrosi should have done and what he should have been doing all along is you are suspended from the league until the charges are dealt with. That's all you had to do. Well, and, and that reality—that's what you it said, is. You said about words. Well, you said about words. Yeah. In his words, you're gone from the league. You are gone. There's nothing about coming back. You're gone. If he says it or writes it down that you are suspended until the charges are dealt with or until further notice, whichever way they want to do the legal part of it, it's dealt with. Because if he's found innocent, and the guy from Calgary that had the drug bust, Will, what was his name, that they kicked him out of the league? Oh, um, uh, the kick returner. No, yeah. um, that's, that's no. Roy Fitch. No, he, he beat up the cop. Up by the, or he, he beat well, the up the cop. Yeah, sort of. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, he's back in the league, uh, is he not? Tommy Campbell, wasn't it? Well, yeah, but he was never charged. He, right, he was he, charged? jumping over the fence with a bag of pot or yeah. bag okay. of drugs or something. Calgary like that. Stampeders logo. Yeah, he was never charged. Right. Oh, okay, so that's how that, well, I thought maybe he had been charged. Okay. No, no. Now, you know, I can see I have no issues if they put the wording in that you're suspended until further notice upon completion of your charges. And then it's dealt with. But... Both sides are being stubborn on this one. It's going to be fun to watch. I agree with okay, everything that no, both everybody's doing right now. No, nobody has the right to hire you back. Nope. Nobody's obligated to. to hire you back. I mean, personally, I think what he did, if the charges are what he says they are, if he, it, okay, I think what he did was despicable, and I wouldn't have him back in my company. Whether he's innocent or guilty, I don't care. Okay. Mhm. But I don't know if if what he's charged with is actually what he did, and and, and we'll never know that. So I I would tend to lean to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one because, you know, like I said before, something about this entire thing stinks, and uh, I would hate to have him falsely accused on this. But 
he's lost his job with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. If he wants to come yep. back and say, look, you know what, I, I'm, I, I'm clear the charges were dropped. She, re, you know, retracted her statement. Uh, it, it really didn't happen the way that it's, she said it did. Can I have my job back? I think they'd take him. Somebody would. And there's, there's no reason not to. He's, he's a little old for a running back, but he's still a bit of a beast. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think somebody would pick him up. So and there's I don't lots of in league. Yeah, there, there's lots of spots where it's happened in pro sports that guys have been charged with or gotten off on technicalities and stuff. And like you look at the NFL, they just put a guy into the Hall of Fame that kind of, sort of, not really, but did be invo- fully involved in the murder, and he's in the Hall of Fame. You know, Ray Lewis. Yeah. Yep. So. <laughs> It's not like it's the first. This, this is the first time something bad's happened. You know, other leagues. There's the precedent there that they go into the Hall of Fame for fuck's sakes. So, mm-hmm. I like the policy. Just put the wording properly. Like you said, okay. it goes back to that words. Uh, I, okay. Well, since I'm since we're on the the word, I, I want to correct myself. Because I I'm, I was wrong, I made an error, and the the this, the quote from Bill Clinton is it it depends upon the what the meaning of the word is is. Okay, so his his statement was there is nothing going on between us, and the fact is that there was not anything going on between them at that particular time. Mm-hmm. Means that that statement was not untrue. It did not say anything about there was never anything going on between them. It just meant at this particular moment, there's nothing going on between us. It depends on the definition of the word is. And that kept his ass out of jail. And Bill Clinton's a lawyer. He knew what he was doing. Well, no, and the biggest, my biggest issue with anything involving the law is it's whoever can argue better and twist it more. And I hate the whole legal system. I've never really been involved, and I never want to. I hope I never will have to be involved because you can take these things and you can twist them and twist them and twist them and twist them. And, and it's too bad because I'm a, I'm a black and white guy. Always have been, and I don't. I don't believe there's any middle ground to black and white stuff. I don't believe there's any gray areas, but that's what the law is made up of—is gray areas. So, did they do it or did they not do it? We'll never know. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. It's okay. Pretty simple. Let Let's put this one to rest. I I just I just went on this. The, the rant, I just hate people throwing out stupid phrases that they know nothing about. Innocent to proven guilty, freedom of speech, and kiss my ass, and a bunch of things, okay? Because they, they really don't mean what they say, okay? I, I just like, I'm, I just, it, it just bothers me when somebody does something that they know nothing about, and they think they do, because they read it somewhere. <sighs> Deep sigh. Okay, yeah. let's uh, 
Let's talk some football. Because that's enough of that bullshit. Yep. First game up Thursday night, coming off of a short week. The Edmonton Eskimos are coming over to play the BC Lions, and that is BC short week. Edmonton came off. Is Edmonton coming off a bye? No. No, they played last Thursday, so they had they the played full last week. Thursday. So they got a full week. BC's coming off a short week. They played Saturday night. Now they're playing Thursday night. But they are playing at home, and uh, everything is going to be fine because I think the BC Lions are going to destroy them. Not destroy them, but anyhow, they're going to win. Edmonton is right for the picking. Uh, Charles, what's going to happen to this game? You're going to be at the game? Yep, I am. Homer pick alert. Uh, oh, so... No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So the Lions are kind of getting screwed here because a little bit by the schedule makers. They played, of course, on Saturday in Calgary. Um, so they're basically on, I'm guessing, about three days. Well, really two days of practice because they're probably off Sunday. You know what? They probably only had one real practice because probably if they Tuesday played Saturday. Well, they played Saturday. And they normally take, I think, two days off after the games, right? Uh, yeah. Sunday, Monday, so then Tuesday would have been a full Wednesday. practice. And today would have been basically a walkthrough, because they normally only do a walkthrough the day before the game. So um, I'm just thinking that uh, this is probably, at best, they had two practices. And when you've got a team being led by Mike Riley in the BC place, that's probably not a good thing. Um, so, BC last week, though, let's face it, I think we all agreed on our uh, our last show that the Lions actually played relatively well against the Stampeders last week. They they kept the game relatively close, and um, if there was <laughs> excuse me, a few uh, less mistakes, they were right there in that game. Um, so, that's something that I think they can build on. Um, going into the week against Edmonton. And let's face it, Edmonton's defense is nowhere near the defense that the uh, that the um, Calgary Stampeders have. Their defense has never really uh, – I have not been sold on their defense all years. They've had some decent moments, and they've had some absolutely dreadful moments. I'm also looking at it here. The Lions have not lost at home yet this year. Now, they haven't played a lot. They played one game in the preseason and two in the regular season, but they won all three, uh, beating Winnipeg uh, twice, actually. They beat them in the preseason, and they also beat Montreal. They're a better team at home. The Lions, for whatever reason, typically always play better at home than they do on the road. Now, that can probably be said about most teams. Um, Most teams enjoy the home field advantage, but the Lions have been good at home. And the Eskimos, let's face it, they've had they've been up and down this year. They've had some good games. They've had some clunkers. So I'm going to uh, hope and I'm going to uh, bank on the fact that the Stampeders are, or excuse me, that the Eskimos are due for a bit of a clunker. And I'm going to say that the Lions are going to win this game. It's going to be a close game. Um, Edmonton and BC always seem to play close games at BC Place. That's just how they are. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Lions. As I said, Homer pick alert. I am going to go with the Lions in this one. Um, and I think it's going to be a bit of a shootout because 
both of these teams' defenses are, to say the least, suspect. So I'm going to go uh, BC 38 and Edmonton 32. Okay, excellent. Thank you, Charles. Will. What did, what did you say, you Charles? What did Charles I said, say? I said BC 38, Edmonton 32. Oh, okay. Okay. That's fine. Okay, so now you've been picking BC for the last year, and they've grossly disappointed you. Now, you've also said that you would never pick Edmonton, consciously pick Edmonton, uh-huh. unless, unless it was correct. like against Montreal or something. And even then, I think you took Montreal. Um, That's correct. Who's going to win this one, Will? You going to pick BC? Oh, I'm going to. You know what? Charles completely sold me. I'm <laughs> drinking the BC. I'm drinking the BC Kool Aid all over again, I, and I, I'm gonna I, pick. I do sales for a living, so that doesn't surprise me. I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick BC. BC thirty. Edmonton twenty-eight. Okay. Just for the record, uh, Chris sent in his scores, and he's taken Ed- Edmonton 32-28. Okay? Now, yep. speaking of Kool-Aid, I understand that a memo has come down from Wally to Cato, and we all know who Cato is, right? He's the, the, the little Japanese equipment, uh, manager. equipment manager for the BC Lions for the last four and a half centuries. Um, to... Uh, Nail down the Gatorade tanks so that, mess, so that Moss can't throw them around. That's funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's funny. But you know what? In reality, he, right, didn't really throw it, he didn't really throw it around, okay? Uh, did you notice we the lid didn't come off? Yeah, he threw it down on the ground and the lid okay. stayed on. He had, more, he had more fun with the headphones because they break easy. So. Yeah. Okay, Mark, this one's up to you. BC sucks. Who are you going to take? Well, Charles, you're going to have to work on your sales pitch a little bit because I'm going to take Edmonton. Uh, They are getting some defensive backs back. So they're defensive. They're getting some of their starters back. Obviously, their defensive backs are the problem. Um, But the same could be said for BC, really. BC is ripe for the big play. I uh, believe I hit, what, two or three last week? Big, deep balls. And now you've got Mike Riley. Yeah, Lule is playing well, but it's Mike Riley. And you've also got the emergence on the defensive line of this, uh, I hate saying the name, Kwaku Boateng. Donnie Duoteng, oh, yes, sir. Yeah, Donnie Duoteng, that's what it was. Um... <laughs> Him beside Sewell, he's really taking pressure off of Sewell to have to do all the work. you got two guys coming on the same side. And BC's offensive line isn't the best. So Lule's really going to have to be scrambling. I just think it sets up, other than the short rest, I think it sets up well for Edmonton to actually win this one. I'm going to go close like everybody else. And I'm going to say 27-23, Edmonton. 
Okay, yeah, um, I'm going to have to pull up the, the Homer Homer post alert here from Charles. Uh, of course I'm going to pick BC. Why not? I might actually win this one. Uh, BC's defensive line is very is is finally coming together. Are they there yet? No. But they're coming together. They had Mitchell running all over the field, and that never happens in Calgary. Their O-line is the best in the league, and BC's defensive line had them all over the place. Now, Edmonton's O-line sucks, okay? Otherwise, Riley wouldn't be considered the toughest son of a bitch in football because he wouldn't be getting hit half the times that he does. So with that being suspect, I think we're going to get some more pressure on him. So if you get pressure on Mike Riley – the DBs don't have to work as hard. They don't have to cover as long. Okay? So, yes, our DBs are suspect. But if the D-line is doing its job properly, then the ball's not going down that far. Okay? Then it becomes linebackers. Anyhow, it's just my argument. And I'm just doing it for the sake of doing it. And I'm going to pick BC Lions 34-28. Okay, so we're all kind of all in that range, and watch it get do do something completely stupid and go somewhere else, like it usually does. Okay, so uh, that's it. That's the BC Lions. We got three for the Lions and two for the Eskimos. Now, second game, Friday night football, Hamilton Tiger Cats coming off a fifty burger in Montreal. Coming to Winnipeg to play the Blue Bombers. They're not Montreal Alouettes, Hamilton. Don't expect the same shit. We got Chris taking this game, Winnipeg 30, Hamilton 24. Charles, start us off. In okay, Winnipeg. Well, Hamilton should probably be ready to come back down to earth because they're not playing Montreal this week. Uh, they don't have Johnny Manziel throwing the ball against them this week. Uh, they're playing a far better team this week than they did last week, so they better be ready for that. Bombers coming off a bye week. Sometimes teams, when they come off a bye week, can be rusty. Sometimes they can get off to a slow start. I really don't think that's going to be the case in this one. I just think Winnipeg's a better team. And I think that the loss last week for Hamilton could end up being kind of a bad thing because the way they won, or the win last week, I shouldn't say lost, but the way they won that game against Montreal last week, um, I don't know if that's going to give them somewhat of a false sense of security because they really pounded them last week uh, with a capital P. Um, But it's not going to be nearly um, as easy uh, this week uh, going into Winnipeg uh, against a very good Winnipeg team, and in particular a very good Winnipeg defense. Um, they're not playing Johnny Manziel. Like I said, they're playing Matt Nichols. Say what you want about Matt Nichols. He's a little bit farther along than uh, Johnny Manziel is in his quarterbacking um, uh, prowess. And let's face it, they've got Andrew Harris to contend with. And Andrew Harris has been simply a machine pretty much for this uh, season. He's just been running through teams left and right. 
So I think we're going to see a big performance from Winnipeg. They've been chomping at a bit uh, since their last big win there, and I think Winnipeg's going to win this one. And I honestly think that the Bombers are going to win it fairly comfortably. Uh, uh, no offense to Hamilton, I just don't think they're nearly as good a team as Hamilton is. I think the Bombers are uh, rusted up, and I think uh, they're primed to win uh, a big one at home. So I'm going to go with this one, and I'm going to say that the Bombers are going to take this one 40-24 to 24 over Hamilton. 40-24. to 24. Okay, you're taking the Bombers. Will, what do you got here? Well, you know, all the talk the other night of, you know, the top three teams in the West being Edmonton, Calgary, and Winnipeg. I am just not, sorry, Mark, I am just not sold on Winnipeg yet. And they actually got their asses kicked by Hamilton earlier. Granted, um, Matt Nichols, I do believe, didn't play in that game. It was Strebler. And they lost 31-17. I'm going to give Winnipeg one more chance this year, and I'm going to pick Winnipeg, and I'm going 38-28 for the Bombers. 38-28 for the Winnipeg, I put the, a B down there. That kind of means like BC. No, okay. What else you got here? Mark, it's up to you. What are you going to do? Well, I think I'll keep along the same lines. I'm obviously going to take the homer pick and go with Winnipeg. Um, yeah, Hamilton did hand it to them the last time they played. Uh, but like Will said, that was with a Strebler in, and they completely shut him down, and they keyed on Harris. Well, we've seen Dembski is starting to break out now. He's starting to be really factored into the offense. You're seeing Fenner is coming back now on the defense. Leggett possibly is playing. He has not practiced yet this week, and today was closed, a closed practice. But he had not practiced at all. So don't know if they're just holding him out even longer because of the problems with his legs. But with Fenner coming back, they're not going to skip a beat there. This defense, I'm still trying to wrap my head around, and to me this is a big game because of the way Masoli can throw. I'm still trying to wrap my head around we have a good defense because it's been so long since we've had one. If they can play to their potential and the Bombers just play average on the offense, Nichols doesn't have to do anything special, I think this easily could be a blowout. So I am going to go 43. Yeah, Hamilton's going to blow him out? Holy shit. Right. I didn't that, think that you'd ever your, say that. I'm expecting that to be your pick, actually. Um, oh. uh, I'm going to go 43-26. For him. 43-26. No, he's picking Winnipeg. I know better. And hell, if Nichols is having a bad game, you just run the ball with Harris nonstop. Who's, who's, yeah, but they never do. They never do that. 
they're they doing it more now. Well. They run them for half and then they stop. So his uh, carries are already up again this year. So. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I'm just arguing and killing time right now because I'm uh, phoning Chris yeah. to bring Chris in. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Ooh. Good, good. Welcome to the show. A little bit late tonight, hey. but doing hey. good. You missed hey, my Mark. rant. Hey, Mark, Bob Irving, Bob Irving just tweeted that Mo Leggett is playing. So. Oh, okay, cool. Good. So that's Fenner and Leggett playing. And Leggett, <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's, that's okay. a nice little linebacking core. So, um, Chris... We've uh, we've already done the yep. Edmonton BC game. We went. I went on a rant and we discussed a couple. Uh, one thing on off the schedule, off the agenda early. So we just really got okay. into the game. So we're finished the Edmonton BC game, but we're right into the Hamilton Winnipeg game. And I have announced your scores, but you're welcome to go ahead and tell us why you think your uh, the the Bombers are going to win. Well, I just think that they're coming off the bye, and uh, they've been playing great football. I think that uh, Hamilton had a good game, but they've had three bad games before that, and uh, I think there was a lot to play for for Hamilton in that game against Montreal, and it was Montreal. So uh, I made it a close game. I think it'll be a very good close game, but I just think that uh, Winnipeg's going to bring more to the table than Hamilton, and and it's sad how it's in in Winnipeg too, so that's always an advantage in my mind. So uh, I expect. Uh, them to come off the bye and uh, and play a good game, and I think Hamilton kind of is still back and forth. So we'll see if they can string another game together that's decent. Okay, well, I'm like Will. I'm just not sold on Winnipeg yet, and I see Hamilton doing good things and bad things, and I see Winnipeg doing good things and bad things. And I do believe in the concept of the top three teams in this league. And Winnipeg is one of the top three teams in this league. But I really think Hamilton's going to do it. So I'm going to pick Hamilton to do this. And I'm going to go with the same score that I picked for BC, which was 34-28. And that's where we're going to go. I don't really care what the score is because since I'm the only one that picked Hamilton, I could put one nothing. And if Hamilton wins, I still get the gold star. Okay. So I could do 104 to 12, and that would be a will pick. Um, but, you know, 34-28, at least I'm trying to make it competitive. Okay, um, before hmm. we get in – what's that? Is no, that what you're doing? 34-28 right, for, for Hamilton? 34-28 for Hamilton is what my score is. Okay. 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 Now, before we get into the Montreal-Toronto game, I want to discuss something. Discuss. I'm just all over the schedule today, and I'm having fun. But I've got this thing up on, on my thing right now, and it's one of Will's favorite players, okay? This guy by the name of John, James Wilder Jr., okay? Now, here's what it says. It says, sorry, Toronto TFC, okay? <laughs> Toronto <laughs> FC, football club, for the big ditch I made out of the field. So there's a picture of the, 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 the grass at BMO Field, and there's this big major hole in it where there used to be like a, a, a divot, right? A chunk of grass is missing. 
and it stuck right in the the next picture. It stuck right in the face mask of James Wilder, and he's on the ground, right? He just rammed his face right into the ground, tore up this big chunk of grass, and he goes, "Sorry, TFC, for the big ditch I made in your field." <laughs> I absolutely love that. I love that. <laughs> like. It doesn't get – he actually – when he tweeted it, he actually called out TFC, okay? He actually called – I love this. I am so – this is so cool, okay? Um, anyhow, I had to share. Because I know, Will, you don't really like James Wilder, and he's kind of a non-event this year. But this put him back in the spotlight, and for all the right reasons, good on him bunch of soccer players okay penny waste last game montreal in ottawa to play the red blacks at the in the nation's capital frank Clair stadium what else is it called it's called what um lansdowne park lansdowne oh, park TD, and it, td, TD um, yeah it is lansdowne park it's frank Clair stadium and td park and uh or Lansdowne Stadium at Frank Frank Clair Stadium in Lansdowne Park, and it's called yep. TD Place. There you go. Whoa, a lot of names. Montreal Alouettes, Ottawa Red Blacks. Charles. All right. Well, I think I might have hit my head before the show last week because I picked the Montreal Alouettes to win last week. He did. <clears throat> I'm not trying to hide that fact either. Um, I probably should be because it was, um, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. Uh, I'm going to, uh, pick, um, Ottawa this week, which likely means Montreal's going to win. Um, but, um, it's going to take a long time for me to ever be a believer out of this Montreal team ever again. I should have stayed with my better judgment and not screwed around and picked uh, Montreal. But, um, yeah, this time I'm going to go uh, with um, with my same pick, and I'm going to go off and I'm going to pick the Ottawa Red Blacks to win this one. Sorry, Johnny Football, but you they need a whole lot more than just you. Um, um playing well because there's a lot of passengers on that terrible Montreal team Uh, and uh, this one is one that I think needs to um, be said that Montreal unless something drastic happens there and I think we're going to talk about them a little bit later they might not win another game this year because they're an absolute disaster right now they shouldn't have won one exactly (laughs) <laughs> and um, I was stupid enough to pick them last week for whatever stupid reason. Again, I might have drank before the show. I'm not doing it again. Sorry. And I don't think they're going to be particularly close. I'm going to pick Ottawa to win this 42-13. to 42-13. to 13. Okay. William, Montreal, Ottawa, who do you like yeah. in this one? Well... Ottawa did score 28 points in the first quarter last week. And they yep. did let in 42. How many points? They let in 42. 22 in the fourth quarter. 
They led in 22 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they lost 42-41. Uh, they're a good team. They're an actual good team. And I, I expect way more from Johnny Football this week. I expect way more from his team this week. And I guess this week will show you if Montreal has any pride left and the pushback game, as I call them, when a defense gets ripped for that many points, do they have any pushback? Do they really give a shit? Um, So uh, I'm going to pretend I'm Charles Cliff last week. Well, you're taking Montreal. (laughs) I'm going to pick. Did you learn nothing from me? I'm going to pick. Montreal, 27, Ottawa, 18. I'm sorry. If Will wins this, you know how pissed off I'm going to be. 27-17? 27-17? 18. 18. 18. 18. I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. I gotcha. Mark, what are you going to do? Because it depends on what you do is what I'm going to do. (laughs) <laughs> well, you're going to be surprised then. I am actually taking Montreal. Oh, loser. <laughs> okay. Will beat me to it. Um, I didn't warn you guys. No, no. <laughs> Just trying to give you guys a chance to catch up in the wins. Um, I just... Like Will said, Johnny, I th- we'll see. he's got a full week of practice in. He's getting some familiarity, even though it's brief, with the receivers. Um, but the part of the game that needs the pushback from Montreal is their defense. 50 points. If they haven't gone into practice every single day, pissed just off. pissed at each other. I'm surprised there hasn't been comments about fights. There should be. This is when a team should be scrapping and clawing to get better. So I'm going to keep it close on the game, though, I, because I love how Ottawa, you know, Christopher, you'd like to make fun of it, too. Field goals. Field goal after field goal after field goal. I don't make fun of it. It's just when it's obvious. It's a Winnipeg yeah, thing, right? No, it's not anymore. That's an Ottawa thing. Hell, they had was it two games ago where they had seven field goals. That was all seven their points. Field, they didn't score a touchdown. Seven field goals, won a game. Yeah, twenty-one. That's not a Winnipeg thing. That's that's not a Winnipeg thing anymore. Uh, and I just I I just want to I just want to add so, Charles. Every single time I've picked Montreal this year, they've won. Just so you know. Yes. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go twenty-four. 19. 24-19. Okay. Um, so, I'd just like to say that you guys all thought I was nuts last week picking Montreal, and here we are a week later, and two of you have picked Montreal. Yeah, After but Johnny, Johnny football. Okay, 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 hang on here. Just stop for a second, okay? Just stop for a second. I know, Chris, <laughs> it's your turn. Charles, would you like to change your pick? No, no, no. No, I learned my lesson. I'm giving you the opportunity to change your pick, okay? If you're so pissed off that these guys pick Montreal, you can pick Montreal too. I'll let you. No, no, I'm going to stay with my pick. 
I learned okay. my lesson last week. These guys aren't paying attention. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just letting you, you know, do what you need to do. Okay? Chris, right. up to you, brother. Tell me what's going on. <laughs> well, I'm not picking Montreal. That's what's going on for sure. <laughs> Welcome, friend. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I don't think it really matters. It's another week of practice, and uh, he did some great things, but – and his team let him down, but I don't see why that will change. And uh, Ottawa's not going to be happy about giving up a win, and they did score 41 points against a D that I don't think is horrible. So uh, I think Ottawa's going to come out and trounce them, and I think that uh, it's going to be 38-12. to 38-12. to 12. It'll be and, – and actually, I, I might be low on the 38. I think the 42 might be more accurate, but I'm going to go with 38. And I'm going to give them 12 because that's about what Montreal averages, 11, 10, 12 in that range. So. 38 to 12 is what you picked there for Ottawa. Okay. Yeah, and I think we'll see exactly what we saw last week. Exactly do, you want, do you want to change your pick? Well, I'll give you the ch- opportunity to take Montreal. Do you want to take Montreal? No. No, sure? I think we see exactly what we saw last week, yep. Come to the dark side, Chris. No way, man. So I think you, they get you're, you're saying that just because they're putting lipstick on that pig, it's it's not going to change change different animal. Eh? It's still no, going to be a pig. It's going to be a it's going to be a pretty pig. That's about all it's going to be. It'll be a pretty pig. Okay. <laughs> well, geez. I'm going to take the Ottawa Red Blacks, and I'm going to do it forty-five to sixteen. Ye of little faith. I have great faith in my Red Blacks. The Red Blacks are my number two team in this league. How could I possibly go against them? Right? I mean, hey, you pick Winnipeg all the time, Will. I know, and I also pick BC, too. I'm such a loser. God. Well, I'm not the one that said that about you. I like you. you got to like yourself. <laughs> Okay, so we've got those three games. We've only got three games. This is one of those weird weeks. This is week nine. We've got it again in, what, week 13 or 14 or something. We get another week with only three games. Okay, so that's going to be wrap that up. Where are we? We're exactly one hour through the thing, and we're down one segment because Christopher went off on a rant. it still pisses me off that people say things like that. And they're still saying it. They're still saying it on Facebook. Even though I've explained to them how stupid they are, they're still going with it. And now there's people who believe that because this is an unfootball-related reason for, John, uh, for Jerome Messam to be terminated, that he now has grounds to sue the riders and the league for wrongful dismissal if he is found innocent. Please, Sue. I want to see you get the see uh, how it comes out. I, we all know how it's going to come out. Say, say, just ask Arlan Bruce. Yeah. Right. He should have filed a grievance through the CFLPA. He doesn't file a grievance with CFLPA. He has no grounds. Didn't we learn anything from Arlan Bruce? Jesus. And then, and then people say, well, you're not a lawyer. No, I'm just smarter than you are. Sorry. 
Chris, you didn't get to go on it. What do you think of all the crap? Was it my rant? I yeah. No, I didn't. And and we talked about it last week. And uh, my my opinion hasn't changed. I think that in no, in the scope of what's been released, they everybody behaved appropriately. And I don't think he's got a leg to stand on. I I think that he admitted to doing it. And with no, alone, yes, he's he not, admitted he, to taping it. Yes, but without he a said consent. that she had knowledge. Wow. She said he she had no knowledge. That's where it's a he said, she said thing here. And I personally believe that Jerome Messam is going to be acquitted. Okay? Yeah. There's no evidence to prove that she didn't know. I suppose. I suppose. But I, I still think it's different just because he, I mean, it does exist. He gave it over. I, let's be yeah. honest. The guy's 33 years old and he's not performing at a high level anymore anyway, so is it wrong to cost him his job? Who cares? I, I, Who I mean, cares? they could have cut him for any reason they wanted to. They weren't playing him anyway. So, I don't know. I, I just... He actually I just had a really good game, happened. didn't he? he? He had a really good game, and the next day he got released. Yeah. yeah. So... I don't think anybody was inappropriate with it. I think it was done properly, and I... Whatever. I mean, if it comes that he gets cleared, then... Maybe it gets that they'll honor a contract and we'll see who wants to deal with them, right? But yeah. I don't think at the time in the moment, I, I think with what's happened in the league and where we're going towards with the league's presence on these things or stance on these things, that it was done right and we'll see what happens. But, I mean, I don't think it's appropriate that he be playing football while this is going through the courts. Well, it was the same I argument that I used any of with Taj Smith. In, in Saskatchewan when he was accused of beating up that guy and putting him in the hospital. And everybody said, yeah. well, he was a drug dealer. So? That's right. And, I mean, they, don't, they, they, they need to deal with their stuff and then come back and talk to us later. But, yeah, I, don't, I support what the league's doing. I don't have an issue with it at all. So. There are people we'll in see, jail right I, now because they kill drug dealers. Well, there's still people. Not to kill people. <laughs> That's right. That's against the law. It's up to the cops. So. You're not allowed to beat up people and put them in the hospital because you don't like them for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I don't have any problem with what's been happening with it at I've all. I've done it. Okay. Let's, let's, let's move on because we're done with Messam now because I'm, I'm totally done with him. A new Three Down Nation article talks about the obvious need for Montreal Alouettes to make some changes. Where is the most pressing need currently for the house to make a change? Ownership? That should say the Alves because that's where the typo. Where? What? Did you I read something wrong? House? You said oh, where for the, is house. the most pressing need for the oh, house. Oh, for the Alves. For the well, I just read what was there. It made sense, oh, sort yeah. of. So, where, where do you think the Owls should make their changes? Well, I think we've already said a lot of it. You know, uh, first off, Tavis Reed, Mike Sherman, Rich Stubler, maybe the ownership. Uh, I don't know. Let's blame it on their mascot. Uh, you could blame it on anything. Where, where's the most need for a change in here? God. I have no idea. Where is it? Who's there? Pl- 
the the defense, man. You need to do something with your defense. Is it the defensive coordinator? Well, you can't fire the entire defense, so you got to do something with the coach. That's just what happens in pro sports, isn't it? You fire the coach when the players aren't playing right. They let in 50 points. Yeah. Offense only scored 11. But, hey, you let in 50 points. If you let in nine points, you would have won. I don't know. Rich Stubler needs to be fired. That's my opinion. Chris, coming at you real quick. Not, well, I think you don't have to be start. quick. I'm just coming at you quick. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I think Stubler, uh, the game's passed him by. I think it's probably not a bad idea to to let it start there, uh, especially considering all their talent is on, on D. They should be playing a heck of a lot better than they are. Um. Whereas with the rest of it, I mean, they've got talent there, but they don't have a quarterback. So at least you got something to kind of poke at that, you know, they should be better but because they have some talent, but they don't have a quarterback, so maybe it's not the end of the world. But their defense should be a heck of a lot better than they are. So maybe Stuber's the start. But I think that – I think it's a – I think they're is exactly what we said last year. They're in a re, they need to rebuild, and I think they need to rebuild everything. Like, I – there is no quick fix right now, but I think Stubler going and bringing in a new DC might might do something, and it might be at least a start to something. But I don't know. I, I'm definitely not a guru on this for sure. I'm not a GM in the league. I think they need to get rid of their. I do think Cavis probably has to go, and I I think Sherman's going to probably have to go, and I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But right now, I would agree with you, Christopher, that, that probably the easiest solution right now is try to find a new D.C., get rid of Stuber, and see if you can't make something out of the D. Because at least you got the talent there, and they should be playing better than they are. And maybe if they can play better, and that gives another week or two for, for Johnny Football to get going, maybe they can make something out of the end of the season and look positive going in. But you can't just ride what you're doing right now. They have to change something. They cannot stay on the course they're on because they can't keep continuing to give up 50 points, 60 points a game and not scoring. they got to give something positive to the fans. So, Okay. Okay. I, I, I happen to 100% agree with that. So if Rich Stubler is going to get fired, who do we think is, should be the D.C.? you have an answer, Will? No, because I don't think they should fire Rich Stubler. I think they should fire the entire coaching staff now and the GM. And I think there's only two guys out there for the job. I like they, the Ken Austin answer. I really do. Well, I like, okay, there's only two guys out there for the job because their egos are so big, they actually think they could probably fix this. And that would either be Ken Austin or Danny Machocha. Danny Machocha's already that, said no. Yeah, he said no because they wouldn't give him the general manager's job. You give him both jobs, he'll say yes, trust me. But I don't trust think he me. has the talent to fix it. Ken Austin probably could. Yeah, but, but in his head, he's got the talent to fix it. Okay? In his head, he's got the talent to fix it. He would take that. I think it would be a good move for them because of his francophone background. And I think uh, I would I would pick him over Kent Austin to be honest with you. 
Wow. And you know how really? you know how we talked you know how we talked the other day about Devon Claybrook's not taking the job. I have a another acquaintance who was offered the Joe Mack position when Cavis Reed took over and he thought about it for a while and he had lost a marriage over being a CFL management guy and he decided that he was too old to uh, lose his job again, so he didn't take the job. So he suspected Cavis Reed wouldn't last more than two years. And by the look of it, that's going to happen. So, yeah, I'm thinking Danny Machocha or Ken Austin. I'd be either where, you know, if you read the whole article, they had suggestions, uh, Jock Climey and uh, Dwayne Ford. And guys like that, they would be they would be completely lost. Oh yeah, Devon Claybrooks, they put his name in there too. I don't He's think he would touch no. that. Yeah, I know, but they say they're going to have to offer somebody the entire bus and a whole bunch more. And you know what? Maybe somebody would do that in that situation. But I mean, Montreal. I mean. One of the things we've talked about before is what are the most successful organizations? The most successful organizations are the ones that keep their management for a long time. Calgary, I hate to bring up Calgary, but Calgary is a perfect example. Okay, they've only had a couple of years of really bad management in the 26 years I've watched them. And I think I think with Montreal, you've got to find some guys and then you've got to let them build and see what happens. Or that thing is going to be a clusterfuck for the next 10 years, if it even survives. Yeah. Okay. Who's next? Charles? Uh, I think you got to scrap everybody into a complete rebuild. I mean, not just necessarily the players, but the coaching staff. I'm sorry, uh, I... I've seen nothing from Mike Sherman uh, to suggest to me that he is anywhere near where he should be, uh, that he knows really what he's doing in this league. Um, but I also got to thank Cavis Reed. You're the one that built this team. You gave the guy the tools, and the tools he have uh, would have trouble putting together an IKEA desk with English instructions. I'm sorry, but... This is ridiculous. The I don't know how Cavis Reed even had a job after last season. Why he's still there? Uh, he should have been shown the door at the end of last season. And this debacle that started this season is just uh, it's just not getting any better. It's getting worse. So they need to to me they need to do a complete teardown and almost start from scratch and. You know what? I would do it mid-season. I wouldn't wait till the off-season. Start build, rebuilding this thing now. Start showing the fans that you're moving in the right direction because right now they're moving nowhere, nowhere real fast. And uh, I honestly think that the Ken Austin idea makes a lot of sense uh, to bring him in. He's a guy that's turned teams around before. Yeah, we, we're not exactly huge fans of him on this show, but we don't have to be. I mean, it's. I think that's one that really does make some sense. Um, 
whether it works or not, well, I would put Ken, I would be far more comfortable with Ken Austin running my team than Kavith Reed because Kavith Reed hasn't shown me the ability that he's capable of running a lemonade stand, let alone a football team. So I'm thinking you gotta you gotta tear down, you gotta start over from beginning. Okay, I not arguing with that one, not arguing at all. Hypothetical situation. They're not going to do it. They do fire Stubler. Who's available for a DC? Who do you think would take the job? I know who's going to be the defensive coordinator. I know who's going to be the defensive coordinator. Anybody? Mark, go ahead. Your turn. No idea who would be the defensive coordinator. Unless, of course, you want Mark Washington to go there. That was what nope. I was going to say. No, 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 no. You're never going to get somebody that's actively working in that position to switch right now, like not midseason. So it's got to be somebody that's either below that it's position not legal. or is free. It's not legal. Yeah. yeah. Not legal. I think they start with Reed and then work their way down, if not start with Wettenhall. Well, you're not going to start with you're right not going to start with Wetnall. You're not going to lose the, the ownership of this team. You're not going to take it away from him. He's got deep pockets oh, and he's willing to spend money right now. So he's the owner for life until he it's decides. His brother not is to doing be. the damage, though. It's his son. Their son, sorry, yeah, that's doing okay. the damage. Oh yeah, without question, without question. But that's not the point. Um, so what do you get? What do you do with this team right now? We're we're in week nine of a season. Okay, we got to week twenty one, so we've got a, what twelve more weeks of football to play. They were lucky to win one game. They may not win another game, as it sits. Johnny Footballs actually didn't look so bad last week. Could they actually turn this around and, and bring it together? What do they need to turn this around and win a couple more games? Nobody's talking about making the playoffs. We're just saying make a respectable season out of this. What do they need well, to they do? Definitely, you got to fire Stubler first. If, uh, okay. if it's a stopgap, you fire Stubler first. And then hire who? Yeah. Christopher. Give us the name, buddy. Cavus Reed. Demote him to defensive coordinator? No, no. Take it over as well. Just like you did for head coach last year. Yeah. Ah, okay. He's been a defensive coordinator at every position around, except for the couple times he was a head coach. He's been D.C. for years. His first D.C. position was in 2004. It's 14 years in that position. Hmm. Not completely out of the realm of possibility. No. No. He's got to show he's good at something. Yeah. Watch, watch a fire Stubler take over, take over the defensive coordinating position. And, and, and that's not uncommon. And just, it, I'm not going to say that's uncommon. We did see the, the stupidity of that when um, Eric Tillman was put in as general manager with Ken Austin as the head coach and the vice president of football operations. So it, it, it's, it, it wouldn't be, you know, the precedent's been set. It can happen. You know, he could answer to Mike Sherman, hmm. and then Mike Sherman answer to him. It's stupid. Yeah. It's a dumb idea. But what else would you do? 
Who else would be familiar with the, with the defense that's happening? Who else would be familiar with the players? Who else would be able to get the players motivated? You don't play for the de- defensive coordinator. He's also the general manager who signs your contracts. <laughs> you know, think about it. It's not a bad answer, is it? No. no I, think uh, it, I think it sucks, just my opinion, though. What? Well, but again, it's it's a, it's a, what's a better solution, right? So, I, I mean, it's gap. not ideal. It's stupid. It's stopgap, but it's it's doable because really everybody else is kind of working. So you know, I can't think of a DC that's floating around that's unemployed. So you'd then be trying to scoop somebody that was an un- underling, and I, none of those names really pop up high on the list. I mean, no. uh, but you, you got to get rid of Stubler. I mean, you, you got to do something. You got to move forward somehow, and I think that's the most makes the most sense. And it would work. It would work. Stupid, but it would work. I'm not going to say it's going to happen. I just think no. it's the best scenario. And and realistically, I I would fire Mike Sherman right away and bring Kent Austin in at that position, and uh, for the rest of the season, and at the end of the season, fire Kavis Reed. Yeah, Mike Sherman is showing he does not have a grasp of this game. Well, he can't even take his headset off properly, so. (laughs) Yeah. That was right. I mean, seriously, that's what I would do right now is bring in Kent Austin. He's going to have some argument about, you know, saying, well, I want to be general manager and whatever. And that the argument would be, yeah, sure. At the end of this season. But you need Cavus yep. Reed. You need Cavus Reed as a defensive coordinator for the rest of the season, because Austin has no no crew right now. He, he's on it'd his own. Interesting. Yeah, no, it'd be an interesting solution. I I I don't hate it. <laughs> like I said, I'm not not saying it's the perfect solution by any means. But either are you, right? Like it's not horrible though. It would be the first time it's ever been done, but let, let's be honest. It's not the first time that's ever happened for the head coach part. I, honestly, it several times honestly, Chris, and... I, I do hate it. I absolutely hate it, but I just can't think of a better answer. <laughs> so, yeah. One of, one of the other suggestions in that article today was, and I, I think this is far-fetched, but it's interesting, is uh, – Wally retires and he goes to Montreal, goes back to his roots. Never happened. Never happened. Well, you never know. Never. Oh, I do know. I do know. I know exactly what he's doing. Never in a long time. Yeah, no, not going to happen. Not going to happen. That's where where his roots are from. You're not going to get him to get his wife to move away from the grandchildren. You're not going to get him to move away from his grandchildren. They are all in South Surrey. They're all living within blocks of each other. It's not going to happen. He doesn't need the money. Yeah, but this is never about money. No. If if it wasn't about the money, he'd stay in BC. He'd stay coaching BC. If if it was just about football, he would stay, stay coaching BC. Because he's been asked over and over and over again by David Braley to stay. And he says, nope, one more year. That was it. Okay, wow. Interesting. 
Interesting, interesting. Montreal Alouettes. An article from Damon Cox at the Toronto Star is talking about Argo's inability to draw more fans at BMO Field. Is it still too early to judge whether the move to BMO was a mistake or not? Okay, how could it be a mistake? They had no fucking option. Okay, they were kicked out of Rogers Center. They were told to go away. Rogers Center is going to be a baseball-only facility. They did not want to convert it back and forth between baseball and football. They had no home. So if they were going to go play in University of Guelph instead of BMO Field, then you would have had a choice. They didn't have that choice. They weren't invited anywhere. They had no option but going to BMO. So how could it possibly have been a mistake? It wasn't. Now, the fact that they're not drawing any fans is just what is happening in large cities in Canada in regarding to Canadian football. It's got nothing to do with Canadian football. It's got nothing to do with the Argos moving to BMO. It's a fact that the large urban areas are not drawing fans to CFL. Fact. Nobody can dispute that. Fact. Everybody picks on Vancouver, Montreal, and Toronto. Fact. You have to have a small market to play this game. It needs to be a boring little prairie town, and you'll draw out fans. I know I've got little prairie people here on the show, and I'm going to get chewed for this one. But the fact is the matter is that if it's not a small town, if it's not a grassroots type of environment, you're not going to draw fans out. You can't have other big draws in town. You can't. It doesn't work. It's not working. We've seen it over and over again. And there's nothing that the BC Lions management or marketing team is going to do to change that. It's nothing that the Argos management team can change. And it's nothing the Alouettes management team can change. It's fact of the matter is large urban areas are not drawing CFL fans because the demographics have changed. If you're going to go to a redneck prairie town, they're going to like football. If the BC Lions moved from BC Place to Surrey, they draw more. They would draw more fans. They would draw more fans, but they're not moving anytime soon because of the sweet deal they've got with the BC government with BC Place. They literally only pay like a hundred thousand dollars a game to to rent the building. You couldn't come close to renting a building anywhere else. You don't even have a building anywhere else to do it. So, mistake going to BMO. No. Mistake was allowing the soccer team to dictate the rules and conditions. That was the mistake. But I think that's going to change. But the happen. Otherwise, you're not going to get the power in that organization to force change if you don't make the money. TSC is making the money. They're drawing more fans. That's my kick on it. Mark, mistake? Can't be. Not at all. No, not at all. Like you just said, um, they may not be drawing a lot of fans, 
but there's nine times, ten times maybe in a season, uh, season that there's an extra 10,000 people in those stands every game. It's just more profit. It's about the business side of it, and, and just from watching it on TV, it looks like a lot more fun environment. You know, the TV angles that they do show are terrible because they're showing the side that nobody sits on. Everybody sits on the other side to stay out of the sun. So it looks like there's 2,000 people on the stands when there's 10 to 12. I have been to a game in Skydome. I went to the Grey Cup there. I would never go to another game at Skydome. We watched the Jumbotron to see to watch the football game. We could not see the field where we were sitting. So obviously it's better there. Yeah, no, it's I think it's great to have it there. Where else are they gonna go, like you said? That's it. Hey. Can't argue with that one. Charles. Yeah, I mean there you're right, there's no mistake there. I mean they weren't they had nowhere else to go. They weren't allowed in the Skydome anymore, so there was the only one other viable option. Now, it doesn't help that in the regular season anyways, uh, the Argos have been substandard. Uh, would they be drawing more fans if they were winning? They might be drawing some more, but it's, I don't know if they're going to get twenty five, thirty thousand. 30,000. I mean, I'm not convinced they were. They won a Grey Cup last year. What happened this year? Nothing. So, um, uh, they're still drawing 12,000 fans, so it's not great. I will point out that uh, most of the teams in the CFL could actually probably make money even if they did not sell a single ticket because that's what their uh, their latest uh, TSN deal sort of dictates. Now, are they losing money? Probably not. They're... Uh, and the money they do lose, uh, like Rogers, is probably just writing off anyway. So it, it's no skin off their back. But like Mark said, you're getting more people into the stands 10 to 12 times a year. I think I think we saw last year during the um, uh, playoffs that again the playoff game, you know, they'll probably get 20 to 25 thousand fans for a playoff game. That's probably not uh, out of the realm of possibility. But uh, and CJ is right. The demographics, I know here in Vancouver, the demographics in downtown Vancouver, even from 10 years ago, is night and day difference. The football fans are going farther out east. The people that are living in the downtown area, they're not football fans. They're, not, they're coming over from Europe, they're coming over from Asia, where they don't, like, where they don't have a lot of exposure to football. So they're more of the soccer community, which is why you'll often see that they get a decent turnout for the Whitecaps games. I think you you would see, uh, one other thing I would say is that traditionally, almost every year, the crowds do tend to rise after Labor Day. That I don't think any that's a secret. I know um, CJ's uh, pointed that out more, multiple times and even said that's why we should start the, the season later. Um... But you know what? It is what it is, and they're still there. They're still playing, so, um, you know, there's no magic silver bullet for this, but um, they just got to go along and make what they can with it. 
William. Yeah, I don't really have much to say other than they really didn't have a choice. And I'm I'm thinking it's a better choice than McMahon in Calgary. Okay. But if the people aren't going to come, the people aren't going to come. It doesn't matter what kind of facility you're in. That simple. So, you know, everything that really I've have... seen about BMO Field, I want to go. Yeah. I want to go pe- be part of it. So do I. I would go and buy a, a Toronto Argonauts jersey, and I would wear it, and I would yell, scream, and party with the, with the uh, Argo lifers just because it looks like fun. It does. Yeah. It really does. It excites me. Yep. I would love to do it. If Toronto wasn't so freaking far and it wasn't Toronto, I would go. And your buddy Frank would catch you on his GoPro and it would be perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jesus. Let's not go there. Okay. <laughs> I'd like who, to go sit on. Is it Chris or Mark? Space. Mark, you've been having you. Chris, you go. No, I didn't go, but I, I, I mean, I reiterated what everybody said. I, I think you're seeing a trend for all these teams to go to smaller venues to try to make it more of an atmosphere to go to, and once that's done, the rest is just marketing and come bringing people out, and I think that everybody's having the same issues, so it is what it is. But, I mean, Montreal moved to McGill because of that exact same thing, and, and moving from Rogers was the right call to move to a smaller stadium, and just so happens that they filmed the wrong side or whatever, but their attendance is what it is. And this, they didn't have a choice anyway, but I think you're going to see that trend to a smaller stadium across the board, except for, like you've said, the markets that can sustain it, like Prairie Towns, where that's the draw. But I think it's it's it may gives it far more atmosphere when you're in a smaller uh, arena like that. And McGill on Montreal proved it what ten years ago, twelve years ago when they moved from Olympic to to McGill, right? And they did have a sellouts forever until they started to just totally suck. So okay. no, I think it was the right call. It it's thirty minutes for Will to get to the stadium from his house. I know we drove it. Mark, how long to the stadium from your place? How long does it take me to get to the stadium? It's a nine-minute walk. A nine-minute walk. Okay. So when I leave my house or left my house in Abbotsford, Charles is the same. It's eight hours before I get home. Eight hours. The reason why we did it, or uh, Charles still does it, Mm -hmm. is because we're true fans. There are so many people out there who would say, much easier to just watch on TV, right? Hmm. The more and more people that are driven out of the city. I mean, my sister just sold an old piece of shit house in Coquitlam. Now, you guys have to know where this is. I mean, we're talking about 20K outside of Vancouver for $2.4 million dollars. I hate to say it, but white folk aren't buying these houses. So, a lot of these houses are being bought by people that have no intention of living in them. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Or they're being knocked down for townhouses, or they're being knocked down for something else, or they're being knocked down for whatever. Whatever. 
So, you know, it, 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 the more and more that the, the, the blue-collar, redneck football fan is being driven away from the stadium, the less and less they are going to attend the game because it's going to be a lot easier for his keep his fat ass in his chair at home with a beer or go to the pub. And that's exactly what's happening in, in Vancouver. I know this for a fact. I'm not making this up. Okay? I'm not making it up. It's really, it's the fact. The, 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 the football fan no longer lives near the stadium. So then you either move the stadium to where the football fan is, or you put up with poor attendance. Nine-minute walk? Holy shit, I wish I lived in Winnipeg. No, I don't. But you Must know what I mean? Nice. Nine-minute walk. I already know I'm getting home at 12.30 tomorrow night, or I guess Friday morning. Yeah. I, you know, I, I seriously and a half think once I leave. that Will and I had a nine-minute walk from the parking lot to the stadium. Yeah, that's just because you're slow. Um, it was slippery. Uh, people in Winnipeg. You know I, I, can, I can relate to Mark because uh, I grew up around the old Winnipeg Stadium, I had a, I had, when I was a kid, I had a 15 minute walk to the stadium to go to Bombers games. So. And to be fair, there are people who take an hour, hour and a half to get home sometimes. That's more traffic than tra- traffic jams and distance, but. It's ridiculous. Okay. 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 Let's move on. I'm still having problems with stupid people on the internet, and I don't don't understand why. I don't understand why. Okay, uh, where are we? What time? Nine thirty-three. Sometimes I just, you know, I gotta stop trying to fix stupid. Which you're is not winning the one that you're doing now. What's that? You're not gonna win the one that you're doing now. So. Oh, I'm going to. I'm about to slam her. Lucius Purefoy has signed with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders just a day after being released by Ottawa Red Blacks. Was his release too much of a knee-jerk reaction for Ottawa? Uh, these are art. These are like article headlines and stuff, aren't they, Charles? You don't actually put these questions in, do you? Not really. Well, I just try to say something about it. Okay. Ottawa gets rid of players that don't fit in. They're notorious for this. They do it all the time. They get rid of good players because they don't fit in with their system. I don't have a problem with that. They get rid of bad players because they don't fit into their system. I don't have a problem with that either. BC didn't offer this guy a contract. BC has a very suspectable DBs right now, okay? It, it's they're, they're terrible. Why would you let a Sam go if you're having an issue in that department? Because he wasn't that good. And 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 you know, I, I Todd's right. Chris Jones is just signing everybody and see who sticks. I, I honestly don't know what's happening in in, in Saskatchewan. He he just signs everybody he possibly can. Next up, Terrell Owens. Okay. Bizarre. Bizarre. Knee-jerk reaction for Ottawa letting him go? No. Knee-jerk reaction for Chris Jones signing him? Yes. Charles, go ahead. Uh, it looked to me like after that, um, 
after they blew that huge lead against Toronto, and they wanted to find someone to blame. And who did they find? Well, the guy that got beaten for the winning touchdown in the final seconds. Uh, from what I can see, is Purifori seemed to be having a half-decent year. He had 25 tackles. He had an interception. It's not like he was really playing poorly, but uh, just so happens this convenient timing, he gets beaten on the winning touchdown, and the next day he's out of there. Um, I've always thought that Purifoy was a good defensive back. I always liked him here in BC. I was sad when they got rid of him because uh, I thought he was a good player. So I don't know. I just... Uh, it seemed like they wanted to find a scapegoat. It seemed like they wanted to find it out, someone to blame. They wanted to show their fans, look, uh, we got rid of the guy that gave up the winning touchdown. It doesn't make any sense to me that they did this. I think it was a complete and utter knee-jerk reaction. And now he's off to Saskatchewan to try and help them there. Funny, if he was such a bad player, why did he get signed a day later by somebody else? It was just a, To me, it was just a total matter of, oh, this guy... This guy, he's expendable because uh, he gave up the touchdown. Sam Hurl? To me, that's what it was. Sam Hurl? What about Sam Hurl? Everybody says he's junk. He got signed the next day. Well, one man's junk is another man's treasure, evidently. Yeah. And Mike O'Shea has been saying for a year and a half that Sam Hurl did lots of things that nobody noticed. So... Yep. Will, go ahead. Um, yeah, I think he was a scapegoat because I still, even if Saskatchewan didn't sign him, I think somebody else would have signed him. Um, I was listening to something. I think it was the Waggle today, and they said he was one of the most sought-after free agents in the off season. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, maybe he didn't fit in their locker room. Maybe they were waiting for an excuse. Maybe they think they have to punish somebody. I, I just, I just, it, it's not common for a team to get rid of a guy because the other team came back on him. You can't blame one player. It's a team sport, okay? Um, if he got. If he like you brought up on on Sunday, coaching Marwamba or whatever, let in what did he let in four touchdowns or something like that in that first Three. quarter in the Three. first five minutes of the Western well, Final. Well, Wally still signed two thousand and twelve. He cut him. He cut him, but he did sign him this year. So no, he didn't. That I was mean, Ed Hervey or Ed Hervey. Sorry, yeah, he yeah, signed him this year. So yeah, that's totally different. So don't tell me. Don't tell me, Luke, Parafoy has not been the worst player in the CFL this year, and he never will be the worst player in the CFL. So I don't, I don't understand Ottawa, but maybe he didn't fit into the locker room. Who knows? Who knows? You never know what goes on in, that, in the locker room. So maybe they were just waiting for a chance. So, you know, it is what it is. I think he'll. I think he'll help Saskatchewan. Like, can you imagine a true defensive player playing in Saskatchewan's backfield? That'd be unique. Instead of probably a wide turn receiver, in, probably turn him into a cornerback if you tried hard enough. Well, maybe Chris Jones will play him at receiver. Maybe you never know. You never know. 
So there you go. He might be the quarterback next week. Who knows? You never know. You just never know, man. But I just, I think he was a scapegoat. You can't fire the coaches. I guess you can, but you can't. You can't fire all the players. So pick one that you're not very fond of and, and make him an example. You know what I mean? But I'm, I'm even shocked. You see, one of the things I heard on another show today was there must have been something going on because it's not very common for a team to cut a guy outright when they're not in a bye week because it still gives them a couple of weeks to replace them. And Ottawa's not in a bye week this week, so I, there must be something else that we don't know about. I'm just thinking, who knows? Go ahead. Okay, Chris. Your defense I think guy. we're going to find out. Yeah, I think we're going to find out there was something else going on. I, I don't think it was a scapegoat thing. I think BC didn't re-sign him, and I think I will let him go. And we'll, we'll, maybe we'll never find out, but I, there's something else going on, whether it's conflicts in the dressing room or attitude or discipline or whatever it is. There's something else going on that made this make sense to, to Campbell and the team. And we probably maybe will never find out because he did sign in the one place where you can be as much of a – dickhead as you want to be and you fit right in so he's going to go to Saskatchewan and he's going to fit right in if he's got a discipline problem because there's lots of them there and and he's a good player so I think he's going to go and have a probably a pretty good career in Saskatchewan and we might never hear but I don't doubt that there was something that happened or something that's happening with him that we just don't know about there's got to be something there and there, I, I know I know there is we just might never hear about it and Saskatchewan will be the perfect place for him. So I'm sure he'll have a great great season and great time in Saskatchewan, and we will never really hear because there's other people way worse than him on Saskatchewan, so he'll blend right in. And But, I mean, he's a good player, but obviously there's got to be something there. There's got to be something that, that caused these teams to cut bait and uh, move on from him because it's not play. So it's got to be discipline or, or an attitude problem or something. But... Perfect place for him, Saskatchewan. He'll he'll uh, he'll succeed there. Fit right in with Duran Carr. Yeah, no, it, it, there's lots there too, right? Like, I mean, that's not the only one. So, the, no. he, he'll he'll do good in he'll do good in Saskatchewan. He'll do watch. He'll he'll succeed he'll succeed at Saskatchewan, and we just won't hear much more about it. But I think there was definitely something there, and they're pretty good at keeping their mouth shut when there's quiet problems. Like, there's players that just are too. Public about their problems, and we find out about it. But whatever's wrong with Purifoy, it was something that was inside the locker room and in the coaching staff. And but there had to been something there. There had to been. You don't let players go like that without there being a reason for it. Agreed. Agreed. Who needs on this one, Charles or Mark? It's your turn. Me. 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 <laughs> Um, I'll agree. I, I'm going to go along with um, Chris and that. that something did happen in the locker room. It's pretty obvious, I think. I think it may have even been right after the game. Either he went at somebody or he just did something dumb, and they cut him. And like you said, Chris, they do this all the time. Or Christopher, sorry. They do this all the time. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of teams that are doing it now, and he will fit into Saskatchewan. 
they need depth. When they have Duran Carter playing defensive back because they don't have a better option, they obviously need depth. And he's just doing the usual. He's probably got another house or two set up and just keeps bringing guys in. Purifoy, I think, will do well there. He won't have a lot of pressure on him there. he just do what he wants to do, really, in the backfield. So. Well, the Riders do not have depth at this position. That's just fact, right? Yeah, Otherwise, no, Carter wouldn't obvious. have been there. Yeah. So is is this but, a depth position, or are they going to put them in there and, and take somebody else out, or what are they going to do? Who knows? Who cares? I, it's the Riders. Who cares? Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's it. Okay. Charles, you're on this one? I've already won. Okay, yeah. let's turn to Holy shit, man. This guy's got this great invention. i got to get some of this. Okay. Uh, segment eight. Despite the fact that Johnny Manziel's debut was less than stellar, it was a victory of sorts in one way. It got a very good rating on ESPN2. Can this be considered anything other than a win overall for this league? This is absolutely a win for this league. Absolutely a win for this league. I love it. I love what Johnny Manziel has done for this league. We talked and talked and talked about it. We were so fed up with the, the talk of this and we didn't want to deal with him at all. We couldn't give a shit if he ever played the CFL or not. But all along we said, look at the publicity that we're getting south of the border. And that south of the border publicity is what's going to make this league make or break this league. It's going to bring a whole new level of uh, sponsorship from ESPN, a whole new level of money. And, and I said a long time ago, if that happens, CFL – is going to be able to double their minimum wage. And if they double their minimum wage to $100,000, it's better than the American Alliance League. Right? Well, Canadian dollars over American dollars. But, yeah, so, you know, you got to think about it. You got to think about it. It's not a bad thing. I like what's happening with Johnny Manziel in Montreal. I love the attention this league is getting right now. Now, if all they have to do is start watching some other games than Montreal getting 50 burgers scored against them, everything will be wonderful. If this is a good game in Ottawa, then it would be a a wonderful thing. A wonderful thing, because ESPN2 is going to carry it again. They're going to have Manziel for the rest of the year. They're changing their schedules to put him in there. Um. How could this be bad? William, you're one of the advocates for Johnny Manziel coming to the CFL, aren't you? Well, not really, but you know what? In hindsight, um, it, it I think it's brought the CFL a lot more viewers. It has. And, and, we've, and we've proved that just in our group alone. And Americans watching CFL now, I think once they get used to the game, they'll realize that their game sucks. Sorry. Sucks. I mean, I watch it only to fulfill my football addiction, but 
I still, and, and you know what? Ten years ago, I wouldn't have said this. And I don't know what's changed it for me. But uh, I like the CFL a hell of a lot better than I like the NFL. And uh, it, the Johnny Manziel thing, it, it does nothing for the league. And you know what? It'll, it'll change it even more if he becomes successful. After the Owls win this weekend and he throws four TD passes, Man, it's just going to blow up, okay? It's just going to blow up. So, But, yeah, I mean, it's a good thing. Any any free publicity is a good thing, good, bad, or otherwise. It's a good thing. So, yeah, you know what? And I, I, I in the beginning, I was a little upset because I thought, you know, they figured a guy who's never played professional football really – is going to come into the CFL and dominate. And I'm screaming that this is a good league guys. It's not going to happen, but I didn't think of all the residuals that would come with it. And there are some residuals. Yes. And they're, and they're good. So yeah, it's a good thing. I mean, uh, it's a good thing. Where else was he going to go? I mean, it's perfect. I think the whole concept between his arrogant attitude and, and, and the nonstop talk about whether or not he's going to come to Canada and the nonstop talk of whether or not he's going to dominate and the nonstop talk, it was just monotonous. Okay. Yep. But now that he's here, now that he's here, now that we have a contract, now that we have him for two years, he's, he's, he's one of us. Well, right? and, yeah, and one of the other things I discovered is I, I I listened to all the announcers on all those stations saying that Johnny Manziel is here and he's going to do this and he's going to do that. June Jones said he could be the greatest Canadian quarterback in CFL history, blah, 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 blah. Do these guys, have these guys not watched the CFL? Because I knew it wasn't going to happen. Name one former NFL player who's been successful in the CFL. You can't. I can name more CFL players that were successful in the NFL. Okay? Or somewhat successful. Who made careers in the NFL. And you can't say the same thing about NFL guys coming to the CFL. So in my mind, and 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 this is a big homer pick. I, I think the CFL, and I'm not going to say it's better. I'm not going to say it's worse, but it's different. And they can't compete up here because it's a different game. And a lot of people might not agree with me, but it's just my opinion. But it's a different if, game, made for if, a different if, kind of player. If they don't agree with you, they don't understand the game. Absolutely not. You know, and and I've talked to some, I've talked to some CFL people that completely disagree with me, and they say the athletes in the CF or in the NFL are way better. Yada da yada da yada da. But so, 
I, I don't get that. And these are people in the know. I, I don't know if they've looked at it as open-mindedly as I have. Because I will, I will always watch the NFL once again to, to give me that need I have, okay, to watch football. But on the other hand, you know what? If I was driving down the highway at 140 kilometers an hour and I saw seven-year-old kids playing football, I'd stop and probably watch, to be honest with you. Or play. Right. It's just a football thing. Okay? So, so yeah. So, nah, he's done nothing but good things. And you know what? And he hasn't. And he hasn't put a black mark on the CFL either with whatever shenanigans he did when he was in the NFL, which is kind of nice. And maybe so far. He's, so far. Right. But maybe he's gotten mature and maybe he realizes this is his last chance. Yeah. His, his, and his wallet's not quite as thick as it used to be. Nope. Well, and, and, and you know what? To me personally, I don't think – Johnny Manziel created the hype around him. It was the U.S. media and all that stuff, and he started believing everything, and then it just went, you know, what nineteen, what 19-year-old kid wouldn't jump all over that stuff? And then before you know it, you're down a, you're down a hole, and you can't get out of it. So I don't really blame him that much, to be honest with you. But once again, as we talked earlier in the show, I, Will's always always been about second chances. So there you go. Go ahead. Okay. Who needs to jump on this one? It's a, who's la- Who's next? Charles? All right, I'll go. So, yeah, I mean, this has got to be considered uh, a win for the CFL. I mean, they had, uh, I believe the article said... 406,000 people. That's nearly half a million people down in the U.S. watching a Canadian football game. So awesome. it's just more exposure for the league. It's uh, it's um, outstanding for the league. And uh, just imagine, the only thing is it was such a blowout. You would like when you got a, a, a um audience like that to have a, you know, a 35, 34 overtime game or something like that instead of a 50 to 11 blowout. But, you know, there's still obviously a lot of interest in Johnny Manziel south of the border. Now, these numbers clearly reflect that. As do the number of United States uh, people that have joined in the Let's Talk CFL Facebook group. Because uh, if you've noticed in the last little while, that number has uh, gone way up. There's been quite a few people coming in from the U.S. Uh, so, there's nothing negative really about this uh, in terms of TV viewership because um, the more eyes on the CFL, the best, the better. And then maybe they tell a friend and then they tell a friend and it keeps going up. But um, this might be one of the, I think this is one of the highest rated games ever watched in the U.S. And um, with him playing again, I'm sure they're going to probably pull a pretty big rating again for the game against Ottawa. Let's hope this game's a little bit closer than the one last week. So uh, I'm interested to see where this ends up going forward and uh, how the increased interest down in the U.S. affects the game and affects the league. 
Yeah. Okay. Mark, you're next. Well, he's definitely been good for the league. Um, any good promotional advertising we can get down into the United States is great. You, know, you take whatever you can get when it comes to trying to break into that market. Are we ever going to be in there huge? No. But to almost quadruple the numbers that they were usually getting is just great. And I think we will be huge. I think we will be uh-huh. huge down there because we're not playing at the same time as the NFL for the first. I mean, the football junkies like Will down in the states need something to do in 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 May, June, July, August. Why do you think the Arena League still exists? But that's winter time. True. And, and and this yeah. new Alliance League is is February to April, so you know the CFL comes in and goes from May training camp, June, July, August. CFL uh, NFL training camp starts what late August, early September. No, this is, this is a perfect fix. I think it's going to get huge down there. It's going to be bigger in this U.S. than it's going to be in Canada. That's my prediction. Five years. And it would be that much better if he can actually figure out how to play the game. Now, yeah. I don't know if his ship has fully sailed in the NFL yet. You know he's going to want to try to go down there. But if he could get, if he could play well, he doesn't have to be the next Doug Flutie. But if he can play well, it's just more exposure. Okay. That's it. Chris, up the rear on this one? Yeah, no, and I mean, I can't argue with anything anybody said. I, I guess my statement on it would be, I don't think he played that bad. Uh, two of those are interceptions weren't his fault. I think he gave it everything he had, and he almost tried too hard, and that was part of the problem. And everybody's got to learn how to play on the on the bigger field. And I I look forward to seeing him play again. And what I really, really liked about him was the press conference afterwards where he was more than humble and he was more than uh, respectful of our game. So I'm excited. I'm, he was I'm in awe of our I game. Picked, yeah, like I picked the game to be a blowout again because it's going to take him time to learn the game, and Montreal needs a lot of help. But I look forward to the games. I'll watch those games, and I'll watch them from start to finish just to see what he can do. And that's not something I would usually say for a 50-burger game or uh, whatever it might be this next one. But, but uh yeah, he's going to help us out. It's going to it's going to make a huge difference to our game. I don't think I, I have no doubt about it. And I mean, even all the better if in two years he makes it back to NFL, will be the league that re-sparked his career, right? Like I mean, it, it's not a, a big deal to lose him back to NFL because it'll still be a tag to our league. So, and, and in that and, two years, we'll we'll have that reputation built for it. And if he is as humble as as his last press conference is, he will give kudos to the CFL. That's right. The way that. For the rest everybody of his career. else has. Yeah, for right? the rest of his career. Like Moon. Moon's never talked bad about our league. He's always been, I mean, it, it, was, it was a political reason, right? Joe Theismann. But, uh, Doug Flutie. Yeah, those, mm-hmm. those guys have always respected right? our league. Jeff Garcia. Yeah. They've all, they, they all speak very highly of the CFL. Okay, we've got 90 yeah. seconds left in the game. We, in the show, we don't have room for this uh, diversity of strength campaign. Is honoring 12 individuals. Um, I, I think this is important enough. We're going to take it to the next show, okay, Charles? All right, no problem. 
Okay, 60 seconds left of the show. I'm going to wrap it up. Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 270 is in the books. I had fun. I hope you guys did, too. I hope everybody has enjoyed listening to it. These have been two, three, four really good shows in a row, guys. I'm really impressed and very happy that you guys are participating the way that you do. And I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. Uh, I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and I'm going to sign off and throw it at Charles. Say good night, my friend. Good night, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, football back tomorrow, so we got more football to watch. Enjoy it, and we'll talk to you this weekend. Chris. Sorry for being late, everybody, but I do enjoy when I get on here, so I do make an effort for sure because it is enjoyable to be here, and I hope you do enjoy it too. So uh, have a good one, and uh, enjoy football, and talk to you next week or this weekend. Uh, Mark, go fast. Will, right behind him. Go. Good night, everybody. Talk to you on Sunday. Go, Eskimos. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.